This is the Yahoo Finance Sportsbook Podcast. Okay, welcome back to Sportsbook. We love to talk about the intersection of sports and athletes and non-sports things here when appropriate. Uh, Listeners to this podcast will remember a few weeks back when I brought to you a primer on CryptoKitties and why CryptoKitties, some believe, represents potential application of sports and blockchain. The idea that blockchain could be used for collectibles and other records, authenticating baseball merchandise, autographed swag. And in fact, already we have seen uses now uh, since we brought you that episode of the podcast. The Sacramento Kings in the NBA became the first team to mine cryptocurrency. God knows why, although they say the reason is charity. The Kings will be mining Ether, that is the token of Ethereum, and giving the proceeds to a local charity. But that's neither here nor there. Today, we are discussing a new trend that, like I said, has intersected with sports. Some would say it is itself a sport. Others would dispute. Here are some of the headlines about Fortnite. USA Today says Fortnite is taking over the sports world. Who is the best Fortnite player in all of sports? Asks SB Nation. Fortnite celebrations are sweeping the sports world. Also SB Nation. Fortnite or football? One summer camp is giving kids a break from football to play Fortnite. That's the Merced Sun Star in California. So what is Fortnite? Why are athletes going nuts for it? Uh, As a Red Sox fan, I have watched as David Price recently has not been pitching well, and he has been accused of playing too much Fortnite. So we're bringing in recurring guest Imad Khan. He is a freelance video game writer and joined us months ago on the podcast to talk about esports. Hey, Imad. Hey, Dan. What's up? Nothing. Well, uh, let's start this way because I don't want to assume anything about our listeners. They are sports fans. They may have at most, I think, heard of Fortnite. Maybe some of them know more than I'm giving them credit and maybe they play Fortnite. But let's address those who haven't played it and have heard of it. What is it? Uh, yeah, so Fortnite has a – it's an interesting history, but, uh, like, uh, down to the brass tacks, it's a simple video game in which it's 1 versus 100, right? Uh, have you ever seen that movie Battle Royale? It's, like, that Japanese movie from 1999? No. Uh, it, it's, it's a kind of a gross movie, but it's just, like, a bunch of high school kids. They're on an island, and only one can leave, and it's the one who ends up killing everybody else. Sounds like Lord of the Flies. Yeah, bit. yeah, a little uh-huh. bit like Lord of the Flies. Um, except, that, you know, Fortnite's a lot more cartoony in, in presentation, and uh, it's – it's just become this huge phenomenon, right? Yeah. Where people just love the battle royale genre. And it started with a game called PUBG, and then Fortnite, you know, adop- adapted it and made it free to play, which then made it way more accessible. And it was also more wow. cartoony, so it made it, you know, more accessible to a younger audience. And now it's like Call of Duty's getting in on it, Battlefield's right. getting in on it. Just about like every game now has a battle royale mode because it's just become that huge of a thing. Let's get into the the sort of details here, the granular. Is Fortnite an MMORPG? I'm delighted that I know that term. Massive (laughs) multiplayer (laughs) online role-playing game? Oh, no, definitely not. um, Mainly because it's like, it's just straight up like a shooting game, right? Like you're on an island, the goal is just to be the last person or the last team standing. So compare it to another big phenomenon from years ago that many people might know. For example, is it like Halo at all? Is it like Time Splitter? I remember those shooting games. Uh, in, in, in a way, right? It's a third-person shooter, so, um, you know, th- it has shooting elements, but d- mechanically it's very different from, from you know, those first-person shooters. And is it a console game, or you can play on your phone? You can 
play this like on a potato. Like it's literally <laughs> on everything, right? On wow. iPad, iPhone. I, the Android port is coming soon. It's on Switch, PS3, wow. PS4, Xbox One, PC, obviously. Yeah, and uh, if you have a decent enough laptop, um, you can probably play this game. Where is it most popular? Are most people playing this on their phones? You know, that's a good question. Um, I would want to say PC because by, by large and far, like I, I guess outside of phones, PC is like the most adopted platform just because right. everybody has a computer around the world, right? Versus, you know, an Xbox is kind of harder to get in some parts of the world. Um, but I bet it, mobile's growing the faster, though. You know, mo- I, mobile is growing fast because it is really easy to just pick up and play. But you, you do lose a bit of that finesse that you get with the mouse and keyboard, right? Because you're using your fingers to, like, shoot. And, you know, just touching everything is a lot more difficult than having tactile button feedback. Right. So uh, walk us through, as you said, you're on an island, you're trying to get out. If I want to pick it up and play, I don't need friends to play with me. I could just play alone on my phone. But if I want, could you play with friends, I guess, with multiple controllers? Or can you do, uh, like Xbox Live used to allow you to be playing with someone even though they're in a different city and you you talk to them on the headphones? Yeah, yeah. So Fortnite definitely has, like, a co-op mode, essentially. So instead of it being, like, 1 versus 100, it could be, like, 2 versus, you know, 49 other teams, right? Um, So, yeah, there, there is a team mode as well. So now we've defined it. But let me uh, bring it specifically to our interest area. Why are pro athletes so into it? Yeah, that's a good question, and I've been trying to figure that one out too. Because me personally, you know, as a longtime gamer, I haven't uh, caught the Fortnite bug. Right, I've played oh. it a few times, and I, 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 you know, I still don't understand the whole appeal of the battle royale genre. Like, I guess I can see why it would be kind of thrilling if you're watching, you know, a streamer like Ninja play, um, who's like the number one streamer on Twitch right now, and you know. He's a former Halo pro, so he's obviously very good. And ah, you're just seeing go. him like win okay. these matches. Um, that is thrilling. I don't know. I, I maybe I still need to play it more to really get into it. And I don't know why it's taken taken over like the locker rooms as well as it has. Uh, I think it's because in combination of it being, you know, very digestible on social media, it um, being very memeable. Hmm. Um, and you know, like athletes are young, they play video games, so you know. Now let's drill down to the social media thing. I mean Part of this, and I think we can broaden this out, obviously this is true of a lot of games now, certain games have grown in popularity specifically thanks to the fact that you can easily share clips of you playing on social media through Twitch, you know, what have you. And part of this, I think with Fortnite, my theory, and this is having not even played it, is also it's not even the the actual mission of the game, but it's the various dances, you know, and now you see all the kids doing the dances and... Um, yeah, 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 the floss dance. Or yeah, whatever. flossing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's it's really uh, that that is an interesting thing. I don't even think the developers were uh, necessarily aware of like how that how would have taken off. Like literally the other day, like I was just walking down the street and there was like a kid just doing the da- like one right. of the dances. Um, and I think it's because of I think it's a few things, right? It's because um, you know some of those dances are cool. So on the playground, you know, if you can do them, you're you know, it's kind of like I don't know, Pokemon cards, Yo Yo back in the day. It's like how many can you collect? How many dance yeah. moves can you do? Right. Um, and then I think there's also uh, the fact that like the developers listen to the community. I think this is probably the most um, uh, the probably most important aspect of this game is that you know a, a seven year old kid can go on YouTube and be like, "Hey Fortnite team, I created this new dance. You should add this to the game." And it could just become like a thing, and they'll add it to the game like literally the next day. Um, so there's this constant yeah, and that's feedback. a big part of it too. Yeah, yeah. So they're there's they're they're all always creating these like really interesting stories. So I think that helps. Can you do the dance? Oh, no, definitely not. Can you floss? Uh, no, I haven't you even tried. You can't do it. No, no, no. Like, wow. I'm 27. I sort of I have know. an attempt. <laughs> we, call this, we call this bad radio, okay? Watch this. 
Oh God, yeesh. I, I don't. I don't even, I I'm it. sorry, listeners. I'm sorry you had to like even imagine that. But that was recognizable, right? As barely. as the dance, barely, oh. barely. Well, so let me ask you this. This is a tweet. I thought this was interesting over the weekend from Alan Shipnuck. He's a golf writer. I like at, at SI. He says, at Epic Games, my 10-year-old son is forcing me to type this. Please, please put Raven in the item shop soon. I really want Raven. Thank you. And then Shipnuck says, I have no idea what any of this means. Thanks for indulging me. You know, I think that's, uh, that's interesting because what makes Fortnite mm, kind of appealing is that it's a free-to-play game, right? So anybody can jump in. Uh, but they, you know, they make you know, boatloads of money. And they make it through these... Um, add-ons that are completely cosmetic, like these dances or costumes or whatever, right? They literally influence the game in no way, but they're making right. so much money that, you know, when they announce their esports, you know, their esports league or some, they, they kind of have a very bare-bones plan for their esports thing, uh, but they announced that for their, they're going to help tournaments up to, with like, $100 million with prizes or something, which is a stupid amount of money, right? Like, if you look at League of Legends, Dota, like, we, we used to, like, say, oh, man, like, Dota, the international, $15 million prize pot. Crazy. $100 million just, you know, craps all over it. Yeah, this space has exploded so quickly. Uh, I was going to ask you about that next, the idea of esports. Are there yet esports tournaments, leagues for Fortnite? Yeah, yeah. so uh, it's something that Epic Games is definitely pursuing, right? Just because of, again, the number one streamer on Twitch is a former Halo pro, right? Um, Team Solomid, like the number two, uh, the number two big Fortnite player is Myth. He's with Team Solomid, uh, which is a big American esports organization. So it's like they, I think every mm, every major esports team is trying to find Fortnite players. But I think the question people are asking is like, how do you make a game in which you know a hundred people drop into an island? And with nothing, and then have to fa- randomly find guns and whatever, and then compete against each other. How do you make that fair, right? Because the thrill of a battle royale game is that it's, you know, a little bit random, right? And you know, but it, it'd suck if like you're playing a sport like soccer, and like, oh, there's a double sized soccer ball that just popped on the field. Now we're all <laughs> playing with that. Like it's just nobody likes. Well, in sports, you don't want that randomness. Well, although it reminds me of Smash Brothers Melee, which I was going to ask you about. Yeah. Or not just Melee, any Smash Brothers. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, I, um, for me, when I was in college, we were, we were in that phase. It was past N64 days, although if someone had one, that was a cool throwback. And instead, I had a GameCube, and we would play Smash Brothers Melee on it. And I loved that. And that game did have the randomness you're talking about where, you know, you'd set it to, you, you'd add, like, the craziest items. Yeah, And yeah, you'd yeah. crank up the frequency. That was the thing we like to do. So there would be, you know, tomatoes and all this random stuff falling from the sky the whole time you're playing. It, it kind of made it insane. But it sounds like Fortnite is not quite like that. Well, you know, it's like, uh, they got to figure out something, right? Maybe if they give every player like a predetermined loadout, but then again, even on the field, like if somebody gets a crazy sniper rifle, that's a huge advantage, right? Or, you know, whatever gun. Um, well, like, you know, with the Smash example, you can still turn off items, and that's how tournaments are normally played, right? right? And tweak it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know how they're going to do it. And maybe there's something to be said that maybe it doesn't need necessarily even need to be fair, right? As long as it's entertaining. It might suck that, like, a team, you know, gets jilted out of, you know, a million dollars because they didn't get the gun that the other team got. Um, but, hey, it's still entertaining. Uh, I want to go back to something interesting you said, uh, that you yourself, as a gamer and a, a gaming journalist— don't love Fortnite. I think that's interesting. I want to ask you about that, and I also want to hit on more uh, this phenomenon of teams investing in esports, uh, you know, pro teams investing in esports teams. Tie that back to Fortnite. We're going to discuss all that in just a moment. First, listeners, a short break. Stay with us. 
Okay, we're back. Dan Roberts here, and I'm with Imad Khan. Hey, Imad. Hey. So we're talking about Fortnite, and you know the, the premise here being this phenomenon has exploded in popularity. Various pro athletes are obsessed now with playing. Rappers have played. Everyone seems to love it. Now, interesting to me, you know about it. You're here to help us understand it better. You have written about video games and about Fortnite, but you said earlier you, at least as of now, don't really love the game. Tell me more. You don't think it's so addictive, per se. You know, I, I, I always, like, look at games that become, like, the hot moment or the bit of residence or hesitance, mainly, because, like, you know, if you look a few years ago, it was, like, Daisy was a big game, and then, like, last year was PUBG, and now it's Fortnite. Um, I don't know. I, I always, I think just as crazy as PUBG was last year and as crazy as Fortnite is right now, I think next year it could be another game, right? Um, it, it, the, I think the longevity of a game like a Counter-Strike or a Smash or a Street Fighter, really, that, that that's determined over quite a few years, and, um, you know, who, who knows what, what the hot next thing will be. Um, that and then plus, you know, I maybe I'm just really bad at the game. Maybe I haven't really like <laughs> given given it enough time and given it enough practice. Um, I think it's you know visually uh, from from a spectator perspective, pretty interesting to watch, right? You know, uh, because of these weird Minecrafting elements in it, right? Uh, where you can like you know just build a ho- uh, you know a bunch of walls around you while getting getting shot at, and you know <laughs> you know you can like it, it's this weird mix of like shooting and building it's it's really odd i think there is some appeal to that especially when you see crazy people do building stuff in the middle of a firefight like what the hell is going on now what's funny there is when you said you know there's always a game of the moment first it was daisy and then pubg now i would contend though i i've never heard still of the first two you said okay whereas i mean you tell me it feels to me like fortnite is already a much bigger thing than either of those were uh, yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that assessment. It has leaked out of just the gaming world. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and, you know, that's I think it's because of its more cartoony art style, uh, it being free, and... Mm. Is it also yeah. more simplistic? And I mean that both visually, but maybe also the gameplay. It sounds like it's it's easy to kind of pick up and play. Now, that doesn't mean you'll necessarily be good at it. But, I mean, one thing with Halo, but I'm also not great at video games that aren't just sports video games, but... I always just thought Halo was really hard. Whenever I played with friends, I would just get shot and killed immediately. I was bad at it. But it mm. seems like Fortnite, people can just try it, and right away they like it. You know, that's a good question. Um, and I think that's a little subjective. Uh, I, mechanically, I, you know, does it have enough depth as the other games? I, you know, it, it does, right? Like Epic Games, you know, they're the same team that made, like, Gears of War, you know, like Unreal Tournament. These guys yep. know that how I've to make yep. super, you know, quality games. Um, so I'm, I, I know it has the depth. Uh, uh, yeah, and yeah, so I, I'd probably agree. You know, let's just say it's probably pretty good as a competitive game in mm. that regard. You mentioned watching others play. You know, a, a cousin of mine who's in his fifties and has kids, and his older kid I think is fourteen, and he was saying to me that, and he also happens to invest in various uh, companies, gaming, sports, and he was saying that. He's completely sold on esports now. He wasn't as recently as a year ago. But Fortnite alone, and I suspect that he, what he's saying represents the views of a lot of people right now uh, in sports business, in VC firms. He said Fortnite is what has completely convinced him about esports because he said he can watch his kid play Fortnite for like three hours and he doesn't lose interest. That was kind of shocking to me and kind of hilarious, but mm. it sounds like a lot of people feel that way. Uh, and I do remember when I was a kid, there are certain games that you're passing the controller around, and when you're not playing, it's okay and it's still fun, and you're watching your friends play. Remember GoldenEye on 64? Uh, whereas, like, I don't really want to watch other people play Mario Kart. You know, if we're playing that, I want to be playing. But Smash Brothers, too, you know, in college, we would have little tournaments, and, and when you were out, it was okay and it was still fun watching others. 
do you think Fortnite falls into that category? Why is it fun to watch other people play it? Is it the dancing and the fun? It also seems like it's a lighthearted, we touched on this earlier, but it has a lot of funny elements to it, which I think is smart. Mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, interestingly, you know, if you ever watch like a Fortnite competition, it's usually there's some viewability problems with it. So I was kind of surprised with that assessment, right? Because, Interesting. you know, one versus 100, right? Or team of two versus everyone else. You can't display everyone at once, right? It right. becomes very difficult. And, and you of have course, the quadrants, and then you get accused of screen watching. Remember? Yeah, like, yeah. And then you have the other problem where it's like you have to build up your arsenal, right? By finding random weapon drops and stuff. Uh, so the beginning of the game is kind of slow, right? Because you you're just kind of running around. You're kind of just mining for you know supplies and whatever. Um, but I think it's kind of mid and towards the end game that it, people really start you know getting interested, and in that's where it becomes interesting, especially when you watch like you know. Um, Ninja and Marshmallow play or, you know, whatever, like Myth. These guys, you know, some of the stuff, you know, they're building these, like, skyscrapers or whatever, you know, just to try to build these, like, crazy forts and while shooting everybody. And, like, literally, like, I've seen things where, like, people have been trapped inside, like, a structure. Like, they've, like, they, that's how well they've built around them. It's really funny when somebody just gets, like, oh, crap. Like, <laughs> you know, there's some really interesting things that are going on that I think mm, gamers have really ever seen. So I think that's probably why. When we talk about esports, and as I mentioned at the beginning, you know, we've had you on this podcast before to talk about esports. This is not just you know a separate thing. This is related under that umbrella. When we talk about esports nowadays, if you've read even anything on it, I think people know that these tournaments happen in big stadiums now, and they they fill out arenas and they sell out crowds, and you're watching on big screens. But even just watching someone like you said, Ninja, a famous player. Watching video of one of their games on YouTube or Twitch, that's esports too. I mean, that's yeah, an of example of esports. And so what's funny is, have you seen Ready Player One yet? You know uh, the movie? Yeah, yeah, I've seen Ready Player One. When I think of esports, I mean, I picture these, the legions. Remember when they have um, the bad company, the yeah, evil yeah, empire, yeah. has you know hundreds and hundreds of people playing games at once, simulating to try to beat the kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book was great too, by the way. I liked the book better. But um, am I am I wrong or sort of... Um, uh, dystopian to imagine that you know the future we're headed for is just like everything virtual. I mean, you know, of course there've been a number of classic sci-fi books that imagine this. You know, imagine a time when everyone is just plugged into a system like all the time. I guess you someone could say we're already like that. The internet and and there's Twitter and all that. But you know, I, I, if if esports continues to catch on at the rate at which is at which it has caught on, uh, do you think it can expand to get to that point? Or you know, there are people who are just never going to be interested in this stuff. Uh, you know, I, I, it is a bit of a generational thing, right? Like, there, there are going to be people, no matter what, that aren't going to be interested in it. Um, but I think, you know, like, maybe millennials or whatever, when we're maybe, you know, 60 or 70, we might still be tuning in because it's what we grew up with. Um, mm. And I think that's probably really important. Um, it's weird to imagine that. Though. Yeah, yeah, it is a little weird to imagine. And, you know, <laughs> if, if everyone's going to be plugging into these, like, virtual reality headsets, I'm like, yeah, I don't know, that's going to... I think I think what's interesting about esports in a lot of ways is that um it's only really in- it's only really interesting like you know you've played smash right if you tr- and you kind of understand how you, the dexterity works with your hands but if you ever try to pull off what the pros are pulling off you're just like oh my god these guys are crazy how are they even doing this um so that's I, the argument for why they are actually i mean i haven't necessarily heard them called athletes but why people could say well it's a sport and the teams are sports teams uh, possibly, but I just think it's really interesting when you see a top pro do something crazy and then you try to emulate it, you're like, oh, I cannot do this, and why can't I do this? Like, I have the same tools. I have a mouse and keyboard. I have a controller. But what do they have that I do not? So I think that helps bring uh, build up some of the mythos around it. Have they had yet, considering the number of pro athletes who are really into Fortnite, 
have they had tournaments involving those guys? Uh, and if they haven't, I gotta assume that's coming. Oh yeah, yeah. Just said at E three last month in Los Angeles, they had the Pro Am tournament where it was like a charity tournament. And they had a bunch of celebrities and players, and of course Ninja was there. Um, and they all kind of came out and like you know it was like sold out, and people were waiting in line for hours to try to get in and just yeah. watch you know celebrities play Fortnite. And I think that's really interesting. I think that's probably why Fortnite is doing really well because it has this like celebrity crossover. I mean, in actuality, right? You're a basketball fan, right? Mm-hmm. If you saw like Tom Cruise playing basketball, I mean, it, it's kind of novel, but he's not a good basketball player, probably. Right. Right. So I don't understand. I, I personally don't understand why people care too much to watch celebrities play a game that they're probably not very good at. Right. Um, That's funny. But for whatever reason, like people like that crossover, and I think it's uh, part of it is like legitimizing for a lot of you know video game fans because you know they've maybe for years they've kind of been shunned and, shunned and sidelined. Uh, but and now, sunned, as the <laughs> NBA phrase goes, like, yeah. sunned. You know? like uh, I dunked on you, son. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I think now, yeah, now it's kind of like a legitimizing thing, and th- there's a hype around it, right? To see, you know, whatever athlete should kill in here, whatever, just get into it. Totally. And speaking of hype, uh, you know, as someone who covers the business moves and money moves of sports teams and sports leagues, you know, I've watched as a number of pro teams have invested in or bought outright. Um, esports teams or leagues. You know, the Sixers were early to it and got credit for that. Uh, Bob Kraft has made esports investments, you know, the owner of the Patriots. You've looked into this a little more recently. Uh, tell me about this kind of phenomenon. Let me just start, maybe a good entree in, is that whenever I see stories about this, you know, a, a, a major pro team doing something with esports, still my reaction, and I understand it's growing quickly, millions of people are into this stuff, but still my initial reaction is to kind of roll my eyes. Why am I wrong? Uh, you know, it's, uh, I wouldn't say mm, it's a good question. Let's see. Well, I think there's a, an inherent value proposition for like a baseball team, right? The average baseball fan is getting older, right? You want to invest in something that ha- that you know could have potential future legs. And let's be honest, if you're, I don't know, the Yankees, you probably have you have a, you have a treasure chest to play with, right? If you buy an esports team for a couple million dollars, it's not a huge hit to your books, and there might be great payoff in, like, 20 years, right? So why not? And then there's the other appeal, right? Like, baseball is popular in what countries? The United States, Japan, Latin America, right? Yep. League of Legends is popular where? The world, right? So there's mm. an appeal to being a worldwide sport. And, you know, of course, like, the big thing right now is, um, you know, not if it'll come to the Olympics, but when, right? Wow. And Really? So, yeah, yeah. When I, was, I haven't even heard that sort of... Uh, so, Plot. yeah, the, the Olympics have already announced they're, you know, looking into esports. Like, right now, their biggest thing is, like, they don't want to showcase games that are too violent, mm. right? So, I think that's fair. I, yeah. yeah. So, like, Counter-Strike, unless they, you know, t- you know turn change bullet it fire. To nerf, right, yeah, change it to Nerf guns. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. probably won't get in. Um, so, you know, they're wow. probably looking at, right now they're looking at the FIFAs and, you know, like, the, the NBA 2Ks or whatever. Uh, you know, we'll see if, like, a game like Fortnite, which is family-friendly enough, or Smash Bros. or Street Fighter or whatever can make it into the Olympics. I think once uh, the Olympics really get involved in esports, that might be a huge legitimizing factor for pro teams. And, Absolutely, yeah. it would. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't uh, I hadn't seen that. That's even a possibility. Wow. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll email you the newser. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's funny that completely. I mean, not unrelated, but but it's something I just thought of. There was a time when you know video games have always been around for years and years and decades now, and you know, ever since I was a little kid, they were around, but not. Esports, not these organized leagues, not competitive leagues where you could make big money, not platforms where you could broadcast, you know, your game that you're playing. Whenever it was that that really became a thing, so to speak, the people who are now known as the best esports players in various games, like, how did they go from zero to one in the sense that were there just kids who, oh, I'm so lucky. Look, I already was really good at FIFA. All my friends know I'm the best FIFA player. 
I could maybe do this professionally. I mean, how did that process sort of happen? It would be interesting to me to read kind of the path of five different people who are now making legitimate money, you know, full-time in esports. You know, when was the moment when they decided, oh, forget it, I don't have to go do this other job I was going to do. I can just be a professional video game player. Yeah, you know, it was kind of like uh, esports has kind of existed since about the early 90s. Okay. Uh, to some extent or form, like, there were always kind of like Doom tournaments in the beginning. Nintendo had their world championships where you could play right. various games and win, like, scholarship money. Right. Um, and then, you know, in, like, the mid early mid-2000s, MLG, Major League Gaming, started and was trying to legitimize it more, right? Um, but then that kind of, like, faltered. I think it was really a combination of a few things, right, where it's taking off in Asia, right? And you have... It's always Asia first yeah, yeah. with games. It's taking off in Asia. Then they're starting to see, like, some major sponsorship money behind it. And then there's... At the same time, there's a growing scene in America, and you know, I think it just like a bunch of things just kind of happened all mm. at once, and then uh, it just it like I've been covering the esports space for about four or five years now, and seeing the evolution has been kind of dramatic in the last couple of years. Yeah, and yeah. then correct me if I'm wrong, I would think that you know when you say a convergence of a lot of things, one of them has got to be YouTube growing so much bigger, or YouTube coming along, Twitch, which you know Amazon bought. When you say you know there were Doom tournaments, there were Nintendo tournaments in the '90s, sure. But there weren't always easy, instant ways to broadcast and show them live, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I think uh, stre- online video has, especially online streaming, made a huge difference, right? Um, I think it was probably a good purchase decision by Amazon to buy Twitch. Uh, I mean, there there was a bidding war between Google and Amazon to get Twitch, and you know, Amazon ended up winning it out, uh, mainly because, like, you know, it's. Um, being able to, because you know, video games are a thing that's displayed on video. There had to be a really good way to interact. But then there were some innovations that I think Twitch brought, which I I wouldn't be surprised if the regular sports world also brings in. Uh, you I you already look at the NBA that's trying to emulate what Twitch is doing because there's a a really interesting fan engagement on Twitch with Twitch chat yeah. and things like that. Um, and you like any sports league would love that level of engagement by all of its fans happening all at once. Yeah, so I think they're like it's it's just going to further converge. Mm. Let's wrap up this way for our listeners who might be, or I assume are, sports fans. And you know, we always talk about here. Uh, we we talk about distribution and how the methods of consumption are changing. A lot of people might be watching sports via quick hit highlights now on social media. They're not watching as many games as they did in the past. Or some of our listeners might just still be doing it the same way they did it ten years ago. They're watching on on a, a television every night. But for those people, if they've heard passively about Fortnite, now we've told them about it. We've told them pro athletes seem to be really especially obsessed with it. I think a lot of the phenomenon, by the way, is explained, too, by NBA Twitter, how at the NBA the players are especially vocal and love social media. All that being said, if we have some listeners who are just still wondering, why do I need to care, though? I don't play video games myself. Why should I care about the rise of Fortnite? What would you say? What kind of – is there a lesson we can take away from its instant popularity – why do you think it has captured people so? You know, uh, that's a good question. And I'm, you know, at least in the sports world, I think if you're a sports fan, you should care just because it's part of the culture, right? I mean, I remember last year it was just like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches were taken over locker rooms. Yeah. Like, should we really yep. care about PB and J's? No. But it's uh, it adds more to these players that we love to follow, more than that, you know, they're just like these muscle bound athletes that can just dunk a ball or, you know, throw whatever. Um, it gives them a personality, and I think that personality is really important to, you know, making sports bigger than it, than it is, and you know, helping expand, you know, NBA, NFL, whatever, whatever you like. If whatever sport you're into, 
whether even if it's like cricket or curling, you know, if your athletes are getting that exposure via social media, you should be excited for that. Yeah, I like that answer about the culture. And especially I think that the NBA has really gained on the NFL because it has fostered and encouraged that open culture mm-hmm. and the athletes' personas. Well, thanks, Ahmad. No, oh, thank you. We'll have to have you back in next time a game is uh, catching the sports world by storm. I'm sure it won't be long. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> Good. Well, and listeners, uh, I'd love to hear about whether Fortnite is even on your radar, whether you care about the games that the athletes who play the sports you care about are playing in their free time. As I mentioned, uh, on the home front for me back in Boston, David Price has taken a lot of heat recently for playing too much Fortnite and I think uh, maybe has some light carpal tunnel even. So, you know, it's dangerous, but man, they are addicted. Uh, And I mentioned seeing kids do the dance. I was at a wedding recently. There were a bunch of little kids, probably age 8 to 16, and all of them were flossing. They were all doing the dance. So uh, let me know what you're seeing. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, you can tweet at us always at Yahoo Finance, or I am at Reed Dan Wright. Imad is at Imad Khan, right? No, it's at Press X for Imad oh, yes. on Twitter. I yeah. love that handle. Press X for Imad, I-M-A-D. So thank you to our guests. Thank you to you guys, the listeners. And remember always to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. We'd love to get some ratings and reviews. That's helpful. We are on every podcast platform, and we come out on Thursday mornings. Till next time, goodbye. <laughs>